the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We have breaking news. Okay, I lied. It's not breaking news. Sally Wigan, after 38 years in Pittsburgh TV news, is retiring, and we're going to talk to her in a few minutes. It was 40 years ago this month, uh, the 18th actually, when I started working in Pittsburgh local news as a sports guy at Channel 4, December 18th, 1978. Now, something I like to do to put the past in perspective, for myself actually, is to put myself back to the time I'm referring to, in this case 1978, and imagine, imagine someone coming up to me at Channel 4 and telling me that they had been working there since 1938. You know, three years before we got into World War II, that's what that's what that's exactly what it was like. Actually, that wouldn't have been possible because there's no local, there was no uh, local TV in 1938. Still, if I were to walk into Channel Four uh, on the 18th of this month, about what 12 days from now, and mention that hey, I had started, you know, I was working here back in 1978. Well, the people on the air there now, some of whom, by the way, look like they're still in high school, would react the same way I would have if someone told me back then that they had been there since 1938. They'd look at me like I was really old. Well, lots of things have changed since then. Uh, when I started, we were still shooting stories on film, and Pittsburgh was a top 10 market. Uh, right now, I think we're number 23. Actually, I think it used to fluctuate um, back and forth. Cleveland would be number 10, and we would be 11, and then it would switch. Uh, but it was either 10th or 11th most of the time I was there. And the uh, you know, I'm, I've been out of TV now for 10 years, and you know that was that was before half the people in America moved to Florida and California. That's when we were 10th and 11th market. You know, I have been gone for 10 years, and although I still do a show called The Final Word every Sunday night on Channel 11, I'm still on TV. And the least you can do, by the way, is check that out and watch it. I worked with some legends like Paul Long and Joe DiNardo and Myron Cope, and I also worked with Bill Burns a little bit, and I even got a chance to work with Bob Prince. And actually, I wouldn't be sitting here, you wouldn't be listening to me babbling here if it were not for Bob Prince. He's the reason I got into broadcasting, and I actually was lucky enough to work with him for a while. But I worked with and competed with people I grew up watching. Sally Wigan came here from down south and knew nothing about Pittsburgh, and her first impression was that she didn't want to stay here. And as I said, she ended up staying here for 38 years. We'll talk to her about that in just a second. I was just thinking, you know, when I was... uh, when I when I went to Channel Four, speaking of being old, uh, we used to call Paul Long. They, they, we called him affectionately the old man. Hey, what did you see? What the old man said today, or you know, what's, where, where's the old man? And he was about seven years younger than I am right now when we were calling him the old man. And he wore the same brown suit all the time and the old brown shoes with old man socks. I just wondering, like, does, Aaron, do you refer to me as the old man when I'm not around? No, yeah, she says no. I think she's lying. But <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm older than Paul Long was. So anyway, we'll come back in just a few seconds or just a couple minutes, and we'll talk to Sally Wigan about why she stayed here for 38 years when she didn't really like it all that much when she first got here. Stick around. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. 
A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made honestly priced. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at theanswerpgh.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at theanswerpgh.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Sally Wigan got something I never got in my 30 years in local news, a standing ovation in a press box. That's what she got uh, at Heinz Field Sunday night when it was announced that she had retired after 38 years. She and I worked together for a little over five years at Channel 4. We got in when the getting was good. Pittsburgh was a top 10 market, and local news was a big, big deal. Back then at 6 o'clock, 60% of the TVs in the area were watching local news on one of the three stations. Now it might be a total of 20. Sally's actually out of Channel 4 right now, and she joins us. Sally, thanks for being here. Well, thank you. I'm delighted. Oh, my gracious. You know, God, I remember when we all sat back here in an area that's now just editing when I had my desk in the sports department. Uh, I know. You remember that. Fond memories, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was Rod Daniels and you and me and Uh, Stan Saverin and. uh, yeah, Bill Hillgrove. And, and Bill Hillgrove, and we all sat back here, and there were these 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 crummy little TVs that photographers would come back and watch wrestling on. <laughs> well, I got here's what I want to ask you because um, you came here from uh, well, I know you the last station you worked at before you came to Channel Four was in Birmingham, correct? Yes, it was. It was. I think it's changed now. It was owned by Taft at the time, and it was an ABC affiliate. It was, it was called WBRC TV, and the uh, NBC affiliate was WAPI. I think that that's changed. There's new ownership. It's different. I haven't kept up with it. But yeah, I came here from Birmingham. It was my first television job. Uh, it was the 48th market at the time that oh. I got a job there. Wow. And <clears throat> excuse me, Pittsburgh was the 10th market then. 
Yes, it, it certainly was, and then it began to plummet when <laughs> yeah. I came here. So it's because everybody it's moved out when you came in, I guess. Uh, no, just kidding. Ex- ex- exactly. No. The, the, what I call it, the, the steel mill, you know, the yeah. steel mill collapse. Right. Then. Well, let me, I got to ask you, so where, you, you, you didn't grow up in Birmingham. No, no. But you're a uh, southern girl. No, I am not. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. No, oh. that's the worst. Well, not the worst thing, but no. Um, 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 my, I was, my family's all from New England on both sides. Oh, okay. Uh, going, and on my father's side, going all the way back to the 17th century. Um, so, yeah. And so uh, my mother was from Maine. She was born in Boston. And she and my father were married in New York. And they moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where my grandfather was on the board of a large paper company. And he got my father a job there. Then my father got a couple of other jobs. And then he was offered a job by a national company, Reynolds Metals, that had a big plant in northern Alabama. Uh. And so much, much to my mother's dismay, we moved to the south. And okay. um, neither were particularly happy about it. You know, they were Easterners. And yeah. uh, I mean, my mother wasn't completely wild about the Midwest because she was she was a, you know, she was a, a you know how Yankees. When yeah, I a New Englander, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, that's what she was. And so uh, uh, the South was difficult for her. She was an artist. She was very outspoken uh, about lots of things. And and so back then, it was unusual for women to be anyway, <laughs> but in the South, it was unheard of. So um, um, I, uh, she wanted me to go to school in New England. And because she wanted me to do it, I didn't want to do it. And I had a, a, you know, a boyfriend from Nashville. And so I ended up compromising on Emory University. And then the only reason I went to the University of Alabama, I had been accepted at Michigan and as an undergrad. And then I had this boyfriend. So I went to Emory and I said, oh, this was a mistake. I wanted to transfer there. And they didn't allow out-of-state transfers until junior year. So they said, if you want to save money, go to your state school. And I went, oh, my God, that's Alabama. I don't want to go there. And mother and I talked about it. And she said, you'll only be there a year. I ended up meeting a professor from Michigan who had gotten all of his degrees. And he said, if you stay here at the University of Alabama and help me start the teaching of Chinese language, it would be the first non-romantic language besides German that Alabama had. So I was in, he said, I will make sure you get into graduate school at the University of Michigan. And so you ended and up going there and, chi- and studying Chinese. Yeah, well, yes, I studied Chinese and Asian studies. And then I, I did, he made good, I ended up going to the University of Michigan uh, Graduate School of Asian Studies, which at the time was like the number three, four school in the United States. And so because I stayed at Alabama, but I, I have to tell you this, I used to go to Alabama games. And I was not a fan. I loved Michigan and USC. Uh-huh. And they started to play USC. And some people say that's when um, uh, Bear Bryant was able to convince the university that he needed to start recruiting black players. Right, right. US, USC would beat them. There was a, a player called, I think, Charles White, a running back. Yeah. I think way back then, and I would go to the games. I didn't go to many, and I would wear a USC hat. Not good, Sally. <laughs> so anyway, so I ended up finally at Michigan and have been a proud Wolverine, except not so proud a couple of weeks ago. It was devastating. That was a tough one, yeah. I was sick to my stomach. Well, here's, here's what I want to ask you. Now, I, I, I just, I, you're coming from Birmingham, and I, I, I thought you were from the South originally, but I get that no. now. But, but here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask you. You're, you. You didn't know anything about Pittsburgh, I'm assuming, when you got here. So I want you to tell me what it was like when you came through the tunnel for the first time, either whether it was for the job interview or for the job, whichever came first, and um, what your impressions of Pittsburgh were right off the bat. Oh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great question. Do you remember I'm the feeling? To... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have. I have. I'm, I'm going to disappoint people. Um I um, I was being courted by some other stations, and and I came through. And my my husband really needed to get out of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. He was from Pennsylvania. He was from Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah, and from the Norristown area. And so, but I came through the tunnel. It was it was uh, snowy, not snowy, but 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 there was no sun all the leaves, you, you know how Pittsburgh looked in 1980, 
Um, And we came through the tunnel, and it was dark. And then on the drive to the station, it was like it seemed, you know, dark and dreary. And And it was in Wilkinsburg, so people people who don't know. yeah. Yeah. And dirty. Parkway East. And I'm like, oh, my God. And no, that's really, I, I, I didn't look at it like, oh, this is gore. It was yeah. like, oh, God. And, and, and I had been living in the South, so it was warmer. But wait, but I had been in Michigan, and right. I loved the winters in Michigan. So mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't know winters. And then I arrived here, <clears throat> and I walked into the news office, and they were having a meeting about uh, um, the parade they'd had for the Super Bowl when the Steelers beat 79, the Rams. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had just, I think they were doing a, 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 a debrief or rundown of, or, or having covered the parade. I can't remember exactly. And I was so intimidated. I was terrified because it was a big city and it was the biggest city of any of them uh, yeah. where I interviewed. And I was scared to death. I was always scared to death. That's why when I had several opportunities to go larger, I, I didn't take them because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, these people intimidate me. Oh, but they have something that I really like. They have a Super Bowl win. They, <laughs> they have a football team. And you see, I really still at that point wanted to get into sports. Uh-huh. But I kept thinking, I get, because that's the only reason I left Asian Studies and went into journalism because I eventually wanted to do sports. And in radio, I helped cover the Birmingham Bulls. I covered the U- when Gene Bartow first came to UAB as a basketball when he left yep. UCLA. I covered their first game against Nebraska. So I'm like, and then I realized how difficult it was going to be to break into sports. And so I said, eh, it's too hard. I'll just do news. And that was kind of, but, but being around it, that was what made my decision. What really made our decision is when, when Art Rooney it was kind of, that's why I, I, I was, despite the weather, he had said about Pittsburgh, it's a place where someone will take you to a place when you ask directions rather than tell you. Yep. And I remember my husband was with me when we were watching the game, and then I thought, oh my God, they won, they won the World Series, they won the Super Bowl, how amazing. And I remember the picture of Terry Bradshaw and Willie Stargell on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. And that was actually how I made the t- decision. Wow. Was because, was well, because it was an exciting of, time for the because, Pittsburgh, yeah. was because of art. It was because of the Chiefs, yeah. Well, no, so, here, here's, so, so here's my next question. Now, for me, I grew up here, so when it was, it was shocking for me. I had started at Channel 4 two years before you got there. Uh, not maybe quite two years, but... Um, and for me, I had been... I watched Paul Long and Joe DiNardo... Uh, doing the news when I was a little kid, little kid. And so for me to be sitting in there my first night on that Sunday when I did it and looking 10 feet to my right and seeing Paul Long and then Joe DiNardo, uh, uh, it was actually the first Monday night I did, I guess. But so, uh, but, and, and I was just in shock that I was there. But for you, I got to ask you what it was like for you. You come to work at this station. There's this old bald guy doing the news and they have a chubby weatherman. They got this sports guy who talks really funny and 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 uh, is kind of a goof. And and did you ever think what's going on here? How can this possible? How can this station possibly have, have viewers? To, God, you have to you see you have to remember, John. I came from Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, Birmingham and, and, probably and had and some have, handsome guy doing the news. No, no, not at all. I mean, he was not bad looking. Yeah. And then there was a really a very attractive and very smart. She's in Baltimore still as a main anchor, a woman who did the morning. Yeah. But I, I remember I hadn't, I didn't grow up watching television thinking I want to be in TV. Okay. Right. Right. I wanted to be. I wanted to be a zoologist. It wasn't until my freshman year in college I thought I'm not going to take calculus. That's just not going to happen. And I gave it up and I decided to major in history. And then I saw the movie Lawrence of Arabia and decided I wanted to major in Near Eastern studies. And that turned into <laughs> East Asian studies. And I just kind of like went on a path where someone led me. I. I didn't want to be in this business until in graduate school I went, oh, my gosh, I, I want to do sports because I've been a coach. I've been a competitive swimming coach, an AAU coach, but I knew I wouldn't make any money. So I wasn't, I wasn't looking at people who did TV. Mm-hmm. So they just seemed normal to me. They, they, except I thought Don was very handsome. 
Yeah, he was a good-looking and, guy. And, yeah, he was. And I thought, I thought Joe talked sort of strange. <laughs> I mean, his accent was Don, strange. Don, yeah. and, and, and Paul was kind of intimidating because he was... He seemed to be gruff, and once I got to know him, he oh, wasn't. Well, yeah, and I thought anything it was but. Such a, yeah. it, was, it, it was such a big city, and, and I was here with my husband, and he didn't have a job, and so I was so intimidated by all of it, and then just wondering if I was going to get the weekend anchor job nine months later, and then we would go out with these people, and you had two cam- you had a cameraman and someone who held the machine. They were still using film, and in Birmingham, film had died. You know, it was a little bit more modern. I. It's funny that you. No one has ever asked me that question. Well, I can't believe it. Well, here's the thing. I. I. This is a little story for you. Um, I was in the news in the newsroom in the office of Joe Ravito, who was our boss, the news director. And this yeah. is when Channel Four went from uh, uh, six a one hour newscast at six or half hour at six to one hour. And they were looking for people and uh, expanding their their newscasts, and they were looking for a weekend anchor. And I was in the the news director's office, which you remember was a really very small room. And, yeah, and I'm wow. not exaggerating the the f- office floor was covered with videotapes knee high. And he said, "I'm looking for a, an anchor." And you, I I'm pretty sure it was when you we must have been there for your job interview. I was in the office, and you came in, and he introduced me to you. And then when you left, he said, I think that's the, the woman I'm going to hire. And that was 38 years ago. <laughs> and here you are, yeah. still talking to me. Oh, my God, but, John. But, oh, my God. But, you know, that's he made amazing. a pretty good hire, Sally, because she hired somebody who, who lasted 38 years. That's, that's pretty good. That's a long time in the oh, TV business. You know business. what? You're going to make me. You're, I'm going to start to cry. Ugh. Ah, you know what? And I never intended to say here. I said this to somebody when I came here. I was going to give it two, three years, and then move to a larger market. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my life fell apart, and uh, um, um, in so many ways, um, it was a it was it, it turned out to be a horrible marriage. And then I, you know, and I was started to fall. And I, I'm very honest about this. I started to fall deeper into alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And um, and what was looking like a promising career all of a sudden started to explode. And I remember my mother looking at me on television and saying, you seem to be getting worse instead of better. And um, I look at some of the photos from me then, and I'm horrified. And uh, luckily, I, was, I, 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 I went into recovery. And I mean, it lasted eight years, and then... And I'm now in full recovery again, and this one will last, and I'm happy about that. But I got divorced, and little by little, I I, I started to get better. And and then um, I uh, an agent who had turned me down, who was now the top agent in the country, she had turned me down two years later. I sent her a tape. She said, what happened to you? And I said, I got divorced, and I stopped drinking. Wow. And she be- she began to represent me, and that was in 85, and she got me to be one of the top three um, candidates for an anchor job at WCBS, and um, I uh, at the same, the very same day I interviewed there, um, uh, it was it was a guy uh, who had tried to hire me in, in Detroit and who had tried to hire me in, in Miami, and um, and I had had accepted the job at Pittsburgh, and um, um, they offered me the main job here. A woman named Colleen Needles had come here. Mm-hmm. She lasted about twenty months, minutes. And, yeah. yeah, and then and then she wanted to go. They wanted her to go, and they offered me the job. And it was one of those days when you're really frightened. I mean, I was scared. I'm like, God. And and my agent said the general manager likes you best. It wasn't guaranteed, but even if I hadn't gotten it, the fact that I, if I had turned Pittsburgh down and said no, I want bigger, that was the road not taken. And I was dating somebody. You know who it was. Um, uh, and I just thought it would be easier and I was just scared. So I said, no, I want the Pittsburgh job. And I also wanted to show them that they'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was as what well, Robert, was it Robert Frost who says this, the road not taken? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, yeah. Was, the, that was the road not taken. Well, we're out of town on this segment, Sally. I'm going to uh, put this on hold for a second. We have another guest coming up at 530. We will continue this conversation sometime in the next half hour. 
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A day after his state funeral in Washington, Texas has said goodbye to George H.W. Bush. In the Houston church where the Bush family worships, there were personal touches. Amazing grace. After years of playing for the president, the Oak Ridge Boys performed in his honor. There were hymns the president himself chose and a tribute from his eldest grandson, George P. Bush, to the man he called Gampy. George Herbert Walker Bush is the most gracious, most decent, most humble man that I will ever know. Houston sports legends Nolan Ryan and J.J. Watt were among those paying their respects before the ex-president's body was driven to the train that would carry him to his final resting spot, his library in College Station. Sagar Magani at the White House. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551, 800-607-3551, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Jay Sekula lays out an immigration strategy. I think the solution here is DACA for those that are here. I think also pathway to citizenship under all the caveats we gave you. And then border security. And my friends that are left of center and my friends that are right of center should be able to come to agreement on that. It just, it just makes sense. Because there's no self-deporting 20, billion, uh, 20 million people. That's never going to happen. Jay Sekulow Live. Weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. <laughs> One you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at TheAnswerPGH.com. Now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. Enter the fan club Christmas giveaway at TheAnswerPGH.com slash contests. Could market volatility derail your retirement? How are you protecting your assets and your standard of living from the next market downturn? Investing experts in the minds of Wall Street agree that the next downturn is imminent. They just don't know when or how much money will be lost. Would you like to learn about alternatives that can protect your principal, safeguard your standard of living, and continue building for financial stability even as others are losing in the next market downturn? Pittsburgh's planning resource at Hunt & Associates help to protect their clients' principal and make sure that your retirement income will last as long as your retirement and they offer you your choice of two free books one that explains how to have a stress-free retirement and protect your principal or the essential retirement planning resource income allocation explaining how to structure a plan for lasting retirement income to request your free copy of stress-free retirement or income allocation call hunt and associates today 844-366-HUNT that's 844-366-4868 to request your free copy of stress-free retirement or income allocation healthy pets Healthy people focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer. Giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. In traffic, we've got the answer. Quite a few delays around the area. Outbound Parkway North is heavy. Venture Street up to Cemetery Lane and Mount Nebo Road overpass up to 79. Now the Parkway West is really busy inbound 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And on the Parkway East, you'll see delays outbound Boulevard of the Allies out to Edgewood, Swissvale. Inbound Slow Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. And that's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We'll see a period of snow this evening, leaving behind an inch or so of accumulation and leading to some slick spots. Cloudy skies for the rest of tonight, cold with a low of 23. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 30. Clearing skies tomorrow night, very cold, low 19 degrees. For Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with a high of 31. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, uh, here we are again with one of my favorite subjects, stupidity on college campuses. And yesterday we told you about a stupid decision uh, by Harvard to eliminate all fraternities and sororities. I guess all single single gender uh, organizations, but uh, and then that got the school sued. We have more stupidity today. The internet is full of this stuff just about every day, and actually, we may be talking about insanity today. That's what the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the author of "Not a Daycare: The Devastating Consequences of, of uh, Avoiding Truth, Abandoning Truth." Sorry, Everett, Doctor Everett Piper. That's what he calls it. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, Doctor Piper. John, I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you. So what's happening on uh, too many college campuses has now developed into what you call insanity? <laughs> what, what else can you call it? You have Ryder University banning chicken sandwiches a week ago. You have Harvard University saying that fraternities and sororities are no longer appropriate because they focus on male and female uh, objectivity. In other words, you're objectively defined as a male or a female if you want to be part of those groups. And we all know today that gender is fluid. It's not a biological fact. This is crazy. We can't even define what a male or female is any longer within the academy. And parents are actually paying for this lunacy, this insanity, which is really nothing but indoctrination rather than good, solid education. You know, we might want to return to teaching kids how to read and write and count and and actually promote their character rather than doubling down on this snowflake rebellion and this lunacy of microaggressions and safe spaces. What a concept. Now, before we get into some uh, specific examples, and I've done several segments on this stuff because I find it fascinating, and I actually, there's so many of them that I, I literally could do a entire show on it every day because there's something that comes up every day, and I think it's really important. Uh, but it is everywhere, this stuff. When did this start, and who's to blame? Well, you know, where do you peg it? Uh, let's go back to Richard Weaver uh, in the 1940s. 1948, he wrote a book titled Ideas Have Consequences. And his point was this. Ideas have consequences. And if you teach bad ideas, you're going to get bad culture, bad kids, and bad community. And if you good, teach good ideas, you'll get the opposite. You'll get good culture, good kids, and good community. In other words, what your grandmother said, garbage in, garbage out, is true. And even Lincoln told us. Abraham Lincoln said that the philosophy of one generation's schoolroom will become the philosophy of the next generation's government. In other words, what you teach in the school is going to prevail in the culture. Interesting idea, huh? So where did the problem start? It started when parents started paying for this bad education. The correction to this problem is parents need to stop sending their their kids off to these schools that teach this problem and actually send them to a school that believes that truth exists rather than it's going to be constructed by the power base, i.e. the politically correct folks that think they know more than you. So how do, they, how do parents find these schools that you speak of? Because, I mean, I don't they're, think they're... They're too, rare. Yeah. Well, there, there are a few. There are a handful left that actually believe in teaching what's true rather than what's popular. So how do you find the school? I would recommend this. When you're thinking of sending your kid off to school, pull the president aside And if he won't talk to you, don't go there. You're spending too much money to be ignored by the president. So pull the president aside, demand a meeting, and then ask two simple questions. I'm a Christian, so one of these questions is going to be Christian-based. Actually, both are. Um, Two questions. What's your view of truth, and what's your view of Scripture? And then shut up and listen. If he says that truth is an objective reality that you pursue because you want to know more of it when you graduated than you did when you enrolled as a freshman, good answer. If he says it's a postmodern construct and we, uh, truth is a constructed reality within a cultural narrative, stupid answer, terrible answer, don't pay for that. 
Scripture? Is Scripture the inerrant Word of God, or is it just an interesting book of literature that we can deconstruct and criticize? As a Christian, I believe that the Bible is the measuring rod outside of those things being measured, and if the school isn't teaching that, you're wasting your money. So what's your view of truth, and what's your view of Scripture? Ask those questions, and you'll be able to tell whether or not you should pay tuition to send your kid there. Now, um, that's that's an interesting idea. Except, uh, I mean, if I'm so, if I decide to send my kid to Harvard, which I wouldn't do right now, by the way, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it used to be if, if if you heard that your kid was accepted to Harvard, it would be the greatest thing that you ever heard. But uh, based on what I've seen, I don't want my kid going there. So, uh, but but so let's just say that my kid is uh, accepted at Harvard. Is is the uh, can he go knock on the president's door and, and ask him those questions? Well, I, you already know what the answer is at Harvard because you're watching the Daily News. You yeah. know what the faculty believe there. They don't believe in truth with a capital T. They think that truth, at best, is a lowercase t where it's constructed by the cultural conversation and the dialogue within the walls of the ivory tower. In other words, they make it up as they go. I wouldn't pay for that because you're paying for indoctrination rather than education. You're paying for something that is the opinion of the elite rather mm-hmm. than the wisdom of the ages. C.S. Lewis told us, if you want to read a new book, fine, but you might want to read a dozen old ones first, because the wisdom of the ages, the time-tested truths have prevailed for a reason, and you might want to respect those things. Grandma and Grandpa actually might have known something, and you might want to humbly read what they said before you go with the idea that may be five minutes old that was made up in the walls and the halls and the classrooms at Harvard. Well, I am a grandpa doctor. We're talking to Dr. Everett uh, Piper, uh, president of Oklahoma West. University, and when I was in college back in the 20th century, uh, there were demonstrations against Monsanto on campus because it made Agent Orange, which was uh, stuff that the American military was using in the Vietnam War. And uh, I, I was a well, a rare conservative college student back in those days, and I wasn't involved in that stuff. But I mean, they were that that's a kind of a legitimate thing to for a college kid and an understandable thing at least for a college kid to be demonstrating against but now they've gone from that to chick-fil-a so exactly what's going on exactly well, again, Monsanto, you're protesting them at that time because you believed that a product that they were producing was being used to exterminate people in Vietnam. What, and this could, could be considered an unjust war, and you can have a debate about that. Yeah. Right. And the debate was going to be grounded and judged by truth. What was true and what was false? What was factual versus what were your feelings? In other words, at the end of the day, you trusted truth to win, and you lobbied for truth as you protested. Good for you. That's what a good liberal arts education is supposed to be. A liberal arts education was founded, let's say, a thousand years ago at Oxford to do what? To educate a free people, a free culture, a free church, a free country, a free government. It was an education in freedom, i.e. liberty, thus the word liberals. Mm -hmm. Ironically enough today, the conservative, the guy that believes in conserving the time-tested truths of God, is actually more classically liberal because he believes in liberty and freedom than my left-of-center counterpart who believes in countering me by shutting down the debate and not even allowing me to talk. Look at Ben Shapiro. They won't even allow the guy to talk uh, at Berkeley because he's a conservative Jew and his ideas, therefore, are verboten. Yeah, and your alma mater didn't do you proud, you mentioned in your piece. Well, Michigan State University is one of my alma maters, and they have a professor there that actually said this to his class, quote-unquote, if you disagree with me and my political views, then sit down and shut up or else. Well, I'm glad he's so tolerant of those he finds to be intolerant. It's the duplicity of the left. They say, I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know that nothing can be known. And I'm absolutely confident there are no absolutes. That's the kind of stuff these people say. They shut down the debate. They're sawing off the branch upon which they sit because of their hypocrisy and duplicity, and they don't even recognize it. I asked this question yesterday of a guy by the name whose name is Piper. Uh, and I don't know if he's related to you. He's with the College Fix. Are you aware of him? I am not. There's a, if you go to the College Fix, which uh, reports on a lot of this stuff, uh, what was his first name, Aaron? Okay, I forget. Greg. Uh, yeah, Piper. And I thought maybe you know you were related because he was speaking of the – we talked to him about what was going on up at Harvard, and I, I asked him the same thing. This is what I don't get. You know this. The other guy named Piper knew it. It's, it, it does make the rounds on in social uh, in uh, conservative media, 
and and there are so many people aware of it, but uh, there have to be people. Uh, there's so many people aware of it. I guess is what I'm trying to say that there are people who are aware of it who are still sending their kids to these places and paying fifty thousand bucks a year for them to go there. Well, they somehow think their kid is going to survive. He's going to f- survive the indoctrination. But it, look, look at it in terms of church terms. Seventy percent of the kids that are churched. They go to church. They've been sent to church while they were being raised by their parents. Seventy percent of the kids that are churched stop attending church. In other words, they step away from their faith before their juniors in college. So we're paying thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to have our kids deprogrammed, to have them sent to an indoctrination camp that takes pride in tearing down your worldview that you tried to instill in your kid for the first eighteen years of his life. You send him off to an institution that takes pride in the first eighteen minutes while you're driving away during new student orientation, that institution is, is perpetuating this nonsense, this politically correct nonsense in your kid and making you seem, seem silly in the eyes of your kids. Why do we pay for that? And then when we do, why are we surprised at the result? Yeah, and I don't know why it's not, I don't know why you're not seeing a reluctance uh, and seeing the colleges that are doing this stuff at least suffering a little bit from from having um, a drop in, you know, in, in applications because people who have been paying attention say, I'm not sending my kid to Harvard. It's a great, it has a great reputation, and I could be really proud to walk around and tell people my son's at Harvard, but I don't want him, I, don't, I, I, I hear what they're teaching there. I don't want my t- son being taught that. Well, I think the more you talk about it, the more I write about it. I covered this in my book, Not a Daycare, where I actually call the parents out and I say, you need to pay attention to this. Garbage in, garbage out. Ideas have consequences. And if you're going to allow these ideas to be inculcated in your kid, don't be surprised when he comes home on Thanksgiving break and he thinks you're a hater, you're a warmonger, that you somehow want to destroy the earth, and that you're intolerant and should be silenced. Don't be surprised when he comes home. In fact, some of the institutions are actually giving their kids Yep. Yep. Holiday toolkits to teach them how to navigate the intolerance of their parents when they return home during holiday break. And of course, they they the kids are that that all begins with the kids being told that their parents are intolerant of the views that they're about to come home with. And I think we just need to turn around and ask questions. When somebody calls me intolerant, my first question is this, or my response is this. So can you tolerate my intolerance? And yeah. then I just be quiet while their head explodes. Because right. if they answer me, they're demonstrating that they're more intolerant than they're claiming I am, and therefore they're condemning the very thing that they think they're condemning in me. They're actually pointing fingers back at themselves. They're looking in the mirror, and they... It's a self-condemning, it's a self-refuting claim. So if we can ask these questions with a calm demeanor and with confidence, I actually do believe that the truth wins at the, end of, at the end of the day. And a lot of the people that we're talking about who are sending their kids to these places happen to be white. And white people uh, are a big problem everywhere, at least on college campuses. Uh, being blatantly white is, uh, blatantly anti-white is okay now. And of course it's designed to help students deal with their whiteness. Again, duplicity and hypocrisy. People that claim to be against racism are, demonstra- are demonstrating that they are judging everybody else on the basis of race. If you're white, you by definition are bad. You are privileged, and you should be silenced, and you should be cowed into submission simply because of the color of your skin. Antithetical to Martin Luther King Jr.'s call for us to judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And what's happening on the college campus today is the exact opposite. They they know it, they don't care, and we should call them out on it and ask them why they're perpetuating judgment on the basis of race. i got about a minute left, and I'm up against a hard break, but you're the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Are professors there required to warn their students in advance of ideas that might upset them? <laughs> no. Professors here are required to think. They're required to honor the four pillars of this institution, the primacy of Christ, the priority of Scripture, the pursuit of truth. We don't make it up. We pursue it. Right. And the practice of wisdom, godly character. We actually believe that those four things are the context for the greatest measure of human freedom ever granted to humanity in the history of the world, and it was guarded and defined by the Church. Well, you're making way too much sense, Dr. Piper, so cut it out, will you? Well, forgive me. We actually believe education should lead to this kind of conversation because at the end of the day, we actually are better for it. Well, that's obviously a crazy idea. uh, Dr. Everett Piper, the president of uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University, uh, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Hey, blessings. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and we'll be back with more from Sally Wigan right after we take a little break. 
The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. We had to cut our interview with uh, Sally Wiggins short in the first segment, but I wanted to continue it um, here in this last segment. And she's talking about having, uh, when she first got here, thinking about she didn't like Pittsburgh and had chances to go to bigger markets and kind of glad she stayed here. Someone asked me in a recent interview, the road not taken, uh, do you regret it? I said, I don't regret it, but I wonder. Yeah, I sure. wonder yeah. what my life would have been like. Well, if, you know. Uh, 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 but uh, I would uh, never, I, I would never, John, I would never have met the Roonies, whom I loved. And I would never have gotten to cover the Steelers, mm-hmm. which has been one of the great joys of my life. Um, I would never have been in the locker room. Remember 1991? when they won, yes. and they invited us all into the locker room. It was this tiny little place in Minnesota. None of that would have happened. And I'm so, I'm going to start to cry again. John, why are you making me cry? 
<laughs> well, what, what, you, what are you going to do? I mean, you keep telling me. I keep hearing you're retired. You keep telling me you're busy and you're still over. You're working. <laughs> What's are you going to get well, out? No, I, gonna... I've got to finish. You know, I've got to finish this last chronicle piece. Yeah. And I, I didn't get it done. I actually was supposed to go to Colorado today, and I, I had to cancel. And and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm thinking, you need to. We need to wrap this up. But anyway, I'm going to be here. I'm going to retire here because my docs are here. I'm going to work for nonprofits. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, do speaking engagements. If people still ask me, I'm going to travel. I'm going to be really busy. And, I, you know, and I'm going to use social media to promote causes that are important to me. And, uh, um, and, and so, um, you know, that's, that's what, and, and hopefully maybe find a really wealthy man and get married again. <laughs> and uh, I know that sounds awful, doesn't it? No. But, um, I would like someone to take care of me finally instead of me having to take care of myself. Well, if you're not working so, uh, 27 hours a day, maybe you might be able to work, squeeze that in, you know? Well, they have, I, I've made so many so many questionable choices, I, I, I don't trust myself. But maybe someday <laughs> I'll make a good choice. Hey, well, so, Sally, you made a good choice to stay in Pittsburgh, and uh, you had a great career. So there should be zero regrets you. for, at least career-wise, you did the right thing. And thanks. Well, thank you. I, Thank you. And you know what? Thank you for uh, you were so much fun to work with, John. Loved you. All right. Same here. Hang in there. Okay. Thanks for being here. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye. That's Sally Wigan. I enjoyed talking to her. And by the way, uh, we mentioned, and I'm sure you know by now, Sam Nover died uh, Monday night. Another guy from local TV who I competed with and became uh, friends with over a long period of time. He died Monday night. In case you hadn't heard, he he was 77 years old. Died in his sleep. And tomorrow we're going to be talking local news a little bit uh, more with a man who worked uh, with uh, Sam for about 15 years and made a name for himself here in Pittsburgh. Uh, John Fedko will be uh, my guest tomorrow. Uh, And uh, so make sure you stay tuned for or tune in for that. And uh, we're out of time today. So um, thanks for listening. And I'm glad I got a chance to talk to Sally Wigan. And I'm sure I'll be seeing her around town. She's not going anywhere. She is a good person and uh, a gigantic talent who should still be anchoring the Channel 4 News and should have become the Barbara Walters of Pittsburgh, but that's not the way local news works these days, I don't think. Thanks for listening. Uh, John Stoggerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. See you back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Thanks. Bye. The John Stoggerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com